The Old Testament lesson for today is from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through chapter 2, verse 3. This can be found on page 1 of your pew Bible. When God created humanity, he blessed them and instructed them in their intended role in creation. A reading from Genesis, beginning in chapter 1 with the 26th verse. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the earth and the heavens were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Thanks be to God. Well, it was the first day of the school year in my house this past week, as I know it was for so many parents in this room. Do you remember the first day of school jitters? That nervousness, that anxiety, that restless heart. Those of you who haven't had children in your home in a while, maybe you can think back to when you were in school. I remember having the first day of school anxieties pretty bad, especially in middle school and in high school. Those couple of weeks that lead up to the beginning of the school year, I was just unsettled a little bit. And if I recall correctly, it wasn't so much that I thought, On the first day of school, I was going to fail math or not be good at English or something. It had more to do with who I am. Am I going to fit in to this social group of people? And I was restless. My heart was restless. But I remember something that my mom said to me during one of the years in high school. I don't remember which year it was, but it was in those couple of weeks before the school year started. She sensed that I was feeling anxious. And she turned to me one day and she said, Nathan, you don't have anything to worry about. You know who you are. And that really stuck with me. I remember my mom saying that. I remember even on the first day of school as I was walking around the hallways of the school building, feeling that anxiety, that restlessness. I remember my mom's words coming back over my mind. You know who you are. And I bring this up because sometimes lately when I look around at the world that we're living in, it feels on some level that every day is like the first day of school. There's a lot of anxiety out there. There's a lot of jitters. There's a lot of restless hearts, possibly because we all have forgotten just who we are. St. Augustine in the fourth century said this, 
as he was speaking to God, because you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. In today's scripture, we come to the point in creation when God has created everything else in the world, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. He separated the waters from the land, and now he comes to the culmination of creation, and he creates humanity. And we learn in these brief verses, we learn to remember just who we are because we learn who created us. And if we can remember who we are, just like my mom instructed me to do on the first day of school, perhaps we will find resolution, we will find rest for our restless souls when we remember who we are. When I read these brief verses, I think that there are three things that God reminds us about of who we are. We'll be wise to look at those, to remember those in an anxious and restless world. So let's go to the scriptures to remember who we are. Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. In our image and after our likeness. What we learn in this sentence is that in order to really discover who we are, we need to look not just at our own selves, but we need to look at the one who created us. We were made in the image and in the likeness of our creator. There's a great film called The Lion King. Maybe you've seen it. Do you remember this scene where Simba, he's got the first day of school jitters? Because he's been told he's going to be king and he's totally insecure about it. He has no idea what to do with that. And he's running around the place feeling all anxious. And there's this friend of his. He's a baboon. And uh, Simba is looking into this pool of water, just looking at his own reflection, feeling very insecure and restless. And the baboon comes alongside him and he stirs the water a little bit and he says, look again. And Simba looks back into the water and suddenly it's not his face that he's looking into anymore, but it's the face of his father, Mufasa. And the reflection speaks back to him and he says, remember who you are, Simba. (laughs) And then he says, you are my son. Do you remember that scene? So that's what we're going to do right now. Instead of just navel-gazing, looking at ourselves, wondering who we are in our first day of school jitters that we're all feeling, instead of looking at ourselves, we will look at the face of our Father. We will look at our Creator and say, who are you? To remember who we are, we look at who created us. So what do we learn about God in these verses? Let's hear it again. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Even in this brief sentence, we learn something about God. If we look at God to find out who he is, we learn something. God speaks in the plural. Let us make man in our image. Is God simply speaking in the royal we? That's what some people have guessed. I believe it's because the full Godhead is represented at creation. All three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what we learn in this moment of creation is that God is three in one. God lives in eternal relationship. God lives in harmonious, perfect, loving, connected relationship from all eternity until eternity. That's how God exists. 
the Trinity. When we look at God to find out who we are, we see the perfectly loving, harmonious relationship of the Trinity. When Nancy and I were living in New York City, I had just completed reading a book about the Trinity. When we were taking a walk in Central Park, and there's this garden in Central Park that has this sculpture in it. I want you to see it. And we walked into this garden, and I saw this sculpture, and it took my breath away. I thought, there's the Trinity. I don't know if the sculptor who made this sculpture was thinking about the Trinity, but I sure was when I saw it. I began thinking about the way the persons within the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the way that they talk about each other in Scripture. The way God the Father says of God the Son, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The way God the Son speaks about God the Father when he says, not my will but yours be done. The way God the Spirit descends on God the Son in the form of a dove at the moment of his baptism as if shining a spotlight upon him, saying to the whole world, look at him when the Spirit was anointing the Son. The way God the Son speaks about God the Spirit at the Last Supper when he tells his disciples he's going to go away. He says, it's going to be better for you because my comforter, my counselor is coming in my place. Notice the way the persons within the Trinity speak about each other in total loving affirmation. Show the next image here. I love this. And the way that they are connected from all eternity. Knowing that now about God, about the intra-Trinitarian love of God. Let's hear this sentence once again. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And then in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. It's as if Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in perfect, harmonious relationship for all of eternity. When it came to the point where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wanted to create humanity, they looked at each other in their perfectly loving relationship and they said, let's make them like this. This is who we were made to be. And I got to tell you, it's really hard for me as a preacher not to jump ahead into the story because of what sin does to each of these things. So I just want us to think for a moment about the contrast between the way we were created to live in perfect loving relationship, connected with God and connected with one another, and instead how we often choose to live, not in relationship, but individualistically. We want to do it our way. I did it my way. That's sung at funerals. Yet we were created to live connected in relationship. Maybe that's why our hearts are restless, like Augustine said. So that's the first thing we learn about who we are by looking in the face of God to remember who we are. The second thing that scripture shows us is that we were created to have dominion. We were created to have dominion. What does that mean? Let's look at verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish 
of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Dominion. What does that mean? It's not a word we often use in our everyday discourse. What does it mean to have dominion? You might recall the the Latin phrase dominus. It's where we get our phrase lord. To have dominion is to be a lord. It's to have authority over. It's to rule or to reign. Remember in last week's scripture where we looked at the majesty of creator God when he spoke the entire universe into existence. If God spoke the universe into existence, he has dominion over the entire universe. He has authority over it. And he creates us to be like him. He gives us something to have dominion over, namely the garden that Adam and Eve were living in, namely the earth. And we learn something about dominion, even in the next verse, about what it means to have dominion in verse 29. God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And what we have here is the image of a farmer or of a gardener. And it's a helpful image as we wonder what it means for us to have dominion. If we consider a gardener, who is caring for his or her own garden, from which he or she eats the food that they have dominion over. In this model, we learn that to have dominion means to glorify God by living into the design he made us to have dominion over, but it also means that we ought to do our best to care for, to cultivate, to seek the best interest of the garden or the things that we have authority over because it's the place from which we get our own food. It would be very counterproductive for us to exploit the garden where we get our food. And yet, because of sin, that's often what we do. God gives us dominion, he gives us authority, and we take our dominion and we turn it into domination. Sin warps this very good, God-given thing, dominion, authority, and it turns it into basically an abuse of power. And maybe that's why our hearts are restless. We're created to be in relationship. We're created to have dominion. Thirdly, we are created to work and to rest. To work and to rest. Let's read chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now maybe you're wondering, as I am when I get to this point in the text, does God need to rest? I honestly don't know. I don't think so. The God we met last week who spoke galaxies into existence doesn't seem like the kind of being who needs to rest. In Psalm 121, it says, God neither slumbers nor sleeps. So what is going on here? Why does God work for six days in creation and then rest on the seventh Well, we always interpret Scripture with Scripture, and what we learn in the Ten Commandments is that what God is doing here is he's modeling for us. God is modeling for us what we would need, that we need a break once every seven days. We need a break from our work. In the Ten Commandments, when you get to the point where it has us follow the Sabbath, it says to work for six days and rest on the seventh, for in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, 
the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. God is modeling for us. He knows what we need. He created us. This is like a user manual. We go to the one who made us to find out how to best function. And God says, I want you to work for six days and rest on the seventh. And there's something so rebellious about the human heart that even a love gift like this, even when God says to us, you know, you're going to need to take a nap. You're going to need to slow down for a day. You're going to need to rest. What a wonderful gift that is. Our sinful, rebellious human hearts say, no, thank you. I know how to do this. Thank you, God. You have no idea how important I am. You have no idea how busy I am at work. Someone's got to finish these spreadsheets. And we refuse to take this love gift called the Sabbath. Can you believe how rebellious we are? God gives us a command. He gives us a law to rest. What a gift he's given us. And it's very hard for us to actually observe this law. Do you remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, a year and a half ago or so, when everybody went into quarantine, all the Google calendars were thrown out the window. Somebody would say, what day of the week it is? And we'd say, blur's day. I don't know. It was really hard to remember the six days of work and the one day of rest. On some level, it felt like every day was a day of rest. On another level, it felt like every day was work because we all had our emails so accessible to us. We weren't following the pattern that God established for us. Six days you shall work, and on the seventh day you shall rest and make it holy. But even before the pandemic came, even before Blur's Day came, we weren't doing a great job of following the Sabbath because we were so busy. We're so busy. And our hearts are restless and we don't observe the Sabbath. Psalm 127 verse 2 illustrates it vividly. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep, eating the bread of anxious toil. Isn't that a vivid image for when we work too much? It's like eating a can of Pringles. Thinking we'll be satisfied like we would with a New York strip steak. Eating the bread of anxious toil. God says, rest. I know what you need. Take a nap in my love. And I don't know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us this morning. I hope that like Simba, we may be looking into the reflection and seeing the face of our Father and hearing him say, remember who you are. You're my daughter. You're my son. I don't know if there's anyone here who, like that first point, is not living in relationship like the Trinity, like we were designed to live in, the loving, harmonious, affirming relationship. If that's you, reconnect with God and with others. Did you see the life group leaders lined up up here? We remember who we are when we live into who we're made to be in relationship and connection by joining a life group or by calling up your neighbor and saying, hey, we live next door to each other, let's have coffee sometime. Relationship. 
Maybe you're like on that second point where you've realized, maybe the Holy Spirit has convicted you that you've been given a garden, you've been given a sphere of influence, you've been given dominion over some arena. And instead of having dominion, you've dominated. You've exploited. You've abused your power. Or maybe there's someone here who's been on the other side of that equation, somebody who was supposed to have dominion over you abuse their power over you, and you need healing. We have this amazing ministry here at Stanwich Church called Inner Healing Prayer. Contact Gina. Get yourself a session. Get healing for some of those wounds. So many of us walk around with those. Remember who we are when we live into that, when we get healing for those. And maybe some of you need the Holy Spirit to say to you, remember who you are by working six days and by resting on the Sabbath, maybe there's somebody here who needs to hear the first part of that command. You've got to work six days. You've got to work harder. Come on, you're taking too many days off. Maybe there's somebody else who needs to hear, stop eating the bread of anxious toil. Observe the Sabbath. We look into the face of our Father, remembering who we are because we remember that we are his sons and daughters, but we also look ahead in the story to the face of Jesus who ultimately satisfies on all of these things, all the ways that we have forgotten who we are. Every day in this point in the human timeline of history, every day is like Advent. And we sing in our hearts, our restless hearts, our first day of school jittery hearts. We sing, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our sins and fears and restless hearts and anxieties and jitters, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Amen.